Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. Okay, welcome to the show. It is Unsportsmanlike on ESPN Radio presented by Progressive Insurance. You can watch us on ESPN2. Listen to us on all the great ESPN stations across the country, Sirius XM80, ESPN app, and be a part of the Unsportsmanlike Nation on the Dr. Pepper call-in line at 888-SAY-ESPN. That's 888-729-3776. ESPN Nation presented by Dr. Pepper. It's not college football season without the delicious taste of an ice-cold Dr. Pepper the ones fans deserve. Along with Michelle Smallman, former cowboy and giant and raven, Chris Canty. <laughs> I am Evan Cohen. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to the morning after the Dallas Cowboys get back on track with the 2017 victory. Monday Night Football is seen on ESPN over the L.A. Chargers, capped off with a big sack late by Micah Parsons, then the interception by Steph Gilmore. Cowboys close it out. Win by three. Good morning, guys. Good morning, Evan. I asked the makeup girls to give me the Shannon Sharp look. How, how, how am I doing? Am I pulling it off? I mean, I guess the only thing that's missing is the wig and the church fan, right? I'm channeling my inner Wesley Snipes from Tu Wong Fu. That was a scene, wasn't it? Uh, all-time moment yesterday. Yeah, all-time. I, I, I could not stop laughing. It was hilarious. For those it was hilarious. Are, for those who are unaware, I'm not blaming anybody specifically, but there was... Um, the, the shade of makeup that Shannon Sharp got on first take with the lighting and the jacket was uh-huh. was not perfect, yeah. right? For whatever reason, no blame, but it was funny. It was hilarious. <laughs> I'm jealous. It was, it was hilarious. I'm jealous. <laughs> I wanted that red makeup. <laughs> I wanted it. We can arrange that. Uh, do it to me. Let's we, go. We should arrange that. Hey, I mean, phrasing! <laughs> what did I say? I don't even know what I said. Oh, my gosh. You know what? It would take too long to break it down because we got to get to the Cowboys Chargers, so I don't even want to go there. Okay. Yeah, I don't want to go there. But, I mean, listen, last night was a good win for the Dallas Cowboys. They went on the road, and they beat a team that was 500 coming off their bye week. I I don't want to discredit that. I think that's the kind of response that we were looking for from them. It wasn't the emphatic victory to match how embarrassing the loss was the week before to the 49ers. But it was a good win last night for the Dallas Cowboys, and it was even better performance by Dak Prescott. We have been looking for Dak to bounce back after throwing three picks in the second half against the San Francisco 49ers on back-to-back-to-back drives. I thought he did a great job of being able to respond last night and lead his team to a road win. The Cowboys are 10-1 and after a loss over the past three seasons, so they do a really good job of bouncing back. But this one felt like it was carrying a lot more weight. This wasn't just any bounce-back performance. They said as much, Dak Prescott did, before the game, that they had to come out and make a statement. They had to turn the page. And even though it wasn't perfect, I really think that this game meant way more to the Dallas Cowboys than it did to the Chargers. Yeah, I mean, I think when we look at this for the Cowboys, because they have the star in the helmet, because they got blown out by the Niners. Now, again, the Niners lost this past weekend, obviously. Um, but what we saw last night on ESPN and what we heard the highlights there, courtesy of 105.3, the fan in Dallas, was a great bounce back game. We talk about Dak. One of the things I personally liked about Dak last night, obviously the no turnovers, but he ran the football well. Yeah. Like I think utilizing Dak as a runner at times is very smart. Now, the touchdown run he had 
was actually a botched play, but a botched play that worked in their favor because he kind of bobbled the ball in a run-pass option. And as a result of that, what you got was a delayed decision by Dak Prescott to run the football, and it delayed the defense as to what's going on here. So the bobble, as we see it there on the TV side on ESPN2, allowed for that, what, 18-yard touchdown run. It was weird, but the screw-up led to points in some ways. No doubt about it. And Dak was better in the red zone. Now, the overall results weren't better for the Cowboys. They were two for four, so you're still talking about two opportunities where you had missed points down in the scoring area. But, I mean, the fact that Dak was as efficient as he was, you mentioned the touchdown run. He was also a perfect four for four and a passing touchdown and a 129 rating in the red zone last night. That's winning football from your quarterback. And so you hope that the rest of that offense will follow suit. I thought that the Cowboys defense did a good job of stopping the run from the Chargers. So that was an issue against the 49ers. That was an issue against the Arizona Cardinals. So matching that level of physicality and overall just the intensity that they played with. Now, was it a perfect game for the Cowboys? By no means. I mean, they still got stopped in the red zone on a fourth down. Uh, that that can't happen. Turnover on downs. And Mike McCarthy decided he wanted to go for it with a little tush push. And then you had the turnover late in that game on the punt return. Jalen Tolbert inexplicably ends up touching the football and it allows the Chargers to recover it in point blank range. Ends up being a touchdown uh, in that situation. Those types of plays can't happen if you're the L.A. Chargers. So in a, in a roundabout way, they open the door for the Dallas Cowboys. But credit to the guys with the stars on their helmet because they walked through that door. Yeah, we're giving the Cowboys credit credit for bouncing back and for taking uh, advantage of the opportunities and getting the win. But when are we going to swing the focus on the L.A. Chargers and, mm. ta- and talk about them? We say we expect the Dallas Cowboys to come out and win a game like this. Why don't we put the same pressure on a team like the L.A. Chargers? Is it because of their market and the fact that they don't have a ravenous fan base like the Dallas Cowboys that puts that pressure on them? Is it because we have questions about the head coach? I don't know, but... I, I just watch a game like this, and I look at a quarterback that's getting paid a lot of money to be the guy and a team that we expect to be at a certain level because they have found their quarterback, and yet they're not there yet. No, no you're right about that, Smalls. I mean, listen, you get the ball back with a little over two minutes to go and you're down by three, and you, you go three and out. Well, not even three and out. You end up throwing an interception on third down that seals the game for the Cowboys. That kind of play can't happen. I don't care what the pass rush for the Cowboys is doing. I don't care how good Michael Parsons is. You can't turn the ball over under those circumstances. And for a quarterback that's getting paid a quarter of a billion dollars, you expect it to look different. The guy that I right. saw last night is not all that different from the guy that I saw in week two in 2020. That's when Justin Herbert made his regular season debut as a rookie when he played against the Kansas City Chiefs at home. I, I, I don't think anything material has changed in terms of him improving his play. Now, I know a lot of people will point to coaching mm-hmm. as being the impediment and why this team can't realize their potential based on the talent level that they've been able to put together out in L.A. But, I mean, Justin Herbert has to be better. I get it. Anthony Lynn was on the hot seat when Herbert came into the league. They fired him. Brandon Staley's not a coach that we love. Some of the coaching decisions that he makes makes it easy to criticize him. So, not in love with him again. But at some point, we're going to run out of coaches to blame. Justin Herbert is going to have to be better. Justin Herbert, in those situations, is going to have to make some throws. He missed a wide-open Keaton Allen on the first throw that he had at the beginning of the fourth quarter. Those types of misses can't happen for a quarterback of his ilk. If he's going to be a Tier 1 guy, if he's going to graduate to be an elite in that conversation with the with the Pat Mahomes and the Josh Allen and the Jalen Hurts, 
He's going to have to be better. He's going to have to make those plays, and he hasn't to this point. And I think that's why the Chargers are always going to be one of those teams that hover around 500 until Justin Herbert evolves as a quarterback and is better in the situations that we saw, like late in last night's game on Monday Night Football, then the Chargers are going to continue to be what they've been, the second or third best team in the AFC West. Well, to answer your question, Smalls, in terms of like the attention part of it, why do we not give them the hit that, that we give other teams or other players? Just in the L.A. market alone, I mean, the Rams are bigger than them, the Cowboys are bigger than them, the Raiders are bigger than them, and USC football is bigger than them, right? At best, what are they, the fifth best, biggest football team in L.A.? Yeah. Maybe even less than that, Niners fans potentially. So fifth or sixth, right, the overall attention. But how many of his peers, and I, I think Justin Herbert's a good player. I would have given him the contract. I understand why they picked him. He started out really good, which may be part of the problem here, is that he has that straight line from where he started, and there's no there's no leap here. Yeah. But how many of his peers, would the guys that we would say are in the same tier as Justin Herbert, have not made the leap? I think he's the only one. Tua's made a leap. Mm-hmm. Trevor Lawrence is starting to make that leap, right? I mean, there, Joe Burrow kind of was in that same tier. He's way out of that tier now. Yeah. Josh Allen may have dipped into that tier at times, but Josh Allen, I don't love as my quarterback, but I think most people would take him over Justin Herbert, right? I mean, I don't know that he's made any kind of tangible leap. Now, he started out as a Pro Bowl caliber player immediately, right after the doctor stabbed Tyrod Taylor on the sidelines, <laughs> which was a horrible thing. That Awful. I mean, we could, you could, you could be cringy with that. That is what happened. No, that's what happened. And yeah, then in the first is. game where he got his, his first game against, I believe, Kansas City, this guy started out as a really good quarterback. He's still a really good quarterback, but he's not like a great quarterback. He's not single-handedly leading you to a victory anymore. And I think the one of the other things that Smalls, you have brought up, that just gets completely ignored. This guy had a colossal meltdown in the playoffs that we never talk about. We never talk about it because we assign it to his head coach, Brandon Staley. We don't give Justin Herbert the he's the one that let all of this fall apart because all of us assumed that Brandon Staley was going to get fired after that. Now they brought him back, but I think we kind of absolve Justin Herbert of that meltdown and that playoff loss because we assigned it to his coach. No doubt. He had a 24-point lead in a playoff game on the road. you got to find a way to seal the deal. They only ended up with three points in the second half of that game. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's it's not great. And to your point, Ev, about all the quarterbacks that you rattled off, the guys that have gotten paid, the Hurts, the Allen, the Joe Burrow. Oh, Hurts, another one is taking yeah, Hurts. Lamar Jack. All, oh, all of those guys have won playoff games. Like, like at, at, at what point is Justin Herbert going to get his team to and through a playoff game? And be on the other side of it, be on a winning side of it. Like that that's the one thing that we're waiting on. So Is he a uh, franchise uh, quarterback in your mind? Yeah, I mean, he's a franchise quarterback. You'd be foolish not to acknowledge the raw talent, but at some point that talent has got to translate to being able to get wins. That That's the one thing that we're waiting to see. Now, again, they're showing a graphic since 2020, the most interceptions in the fourth quarter in one-score games. It's Justin Herbert leading the league by a country mile. He's got 13. The next closest quarterback has eight. He has to find a way to be better in those situations. Again, last night at the end of the game is why you pay a quarterback all that money. Being able to engineer a drive and position your team with a chance to win. It's what we talked about with Brock Purdy. As awful as he played in Cleveland the other day, he was terrible for the first 58 minutes of the game. Then he engineers a drive, is a perfect 4 for 4 throwing the football, and gives his kicker a point-blank chance at being able to win that football game. Now the kicker pushes the field goal wide right, but you get the point. He puts his team in position to win even when he doesn't have his fastball. Most most nights, Justin Herbert has his fastball. He's he's a tremendous throw of the football, mm-hmm. but it's not leading to the team winning, getting wins. And so you have to wonder what needs to change 
what needs to happen in order for this Chargers team to get over the hump. I, I think it's a couple of things. The coach has to be better when it comes to situational football. But the quarterback has to be better, too, in terms of executing. I'm glad you did the compare and contrast with Purdy. At the end of that game last night, Micah Parsons was not the factor that we normally expect him to be based on his individual stats. I'm not going to be an idiot and not think he affected the rest of the game by just them focusing on him. No, he was, he was a factor. He got that sack late. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> that was a, no, huge, no, that was a huge play. So that sack happens, and to me, Justin Herbert felt rattled. And he rushed that next pass to Steph Gilmore – who's on the Cowboys, not the Chargers, and he rushed himself late. The comparing the contrast to Brock Purdy, regardless of how bad it gets for Brock Purdy or how poorly he played, there was never a point where you felt like he was rushing, where he was doing things that he should not do. Justin Herbert, I get it, individually, talent-wise, is a better quarterback than Brock Purdy, or at least most would say that, but you bring up an excellent point. At the end of that game, bad loss for the Niners. They had a kick to win the game. Justin Herbert last night had a chance to give them a kick to tie the game, send it to overtime. That didn't happen. Listen, Justin Herbert got outplayed by Dak Prescott. I know a lot of people ain't going to want to say it. I'm going to say it today. Justin Herbert got outplayed by Dak Prescott. For a quarter of a billion-dollar quarterback in your place, even though it felt like a Cowboys home game, that cannot happen. You've got to find a way to make plays late in the game. You've got to find a way to make the throws in situational football in order to give your team a chance to win that game, especially coming off of a bye, Smalls. That's right. And the fact that you didn't do that, it, it, it now puts more pressure on the entire organization and specifically on the head coach, Brandon Staley, in a short week to go into Arrowhead and get, in a, get a win. Because guess what? This team, if they go down, if they, if they end up being 2-4 and four after week 7 in the National Football League, then, then their season is done. It's over for them. It's a wrap. And so that that is the pressure that Justin Herbert has put on his head coach, on his entire team, by not making the plays to win that game last night. Coming up, the Chicago Bears should have listened to Chris Canty. We'll explain <laughs> why next on Sportsmanlike on ESPN Radio. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric E-Bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus, electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome. So you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C ebikes.com. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. Well, the Bears should have listened. It is Unsportsmanlike on ESPN Radio. Hello, Michelle Spoman, Chris Canty, Evan Cohen with you. Let me take everybody back to October 6th, I believe, is when this happened for the first time. Uh, I'm going to take everybody back here. The Commanders and the Bears played the night before. 
And the Chicago Bears had a great win over the Washington Commanders, 40-20. to And everybody in Chicago was right, and all over the country was rightfully high on what they saw with the Chicago Bears and Justin Fields. Hey, maybe finally this guy's turning a corner. All the drama around that team this year, the, the dismissal or removal or quitting of the defensive coordinator, however you want to look at it, equipment stolen from the facility, all kinds of <laughs> mishagas that was going on with them this year. And then one Chris Canty came on Unsportsmanlike, presented by Progressive Insurance, here on ESPN Radio and ESPN2, after a win for the Chicago Bears and the best performance of the year, and said this about the Bears and their quarterback. They should trade him. Justin Fields' value across the league won't be higher than what it is right now. And if you've already made the decision that this guy, based on what's available in the draft this upcoming year and based on what you've seen over the last two and a half years, if you've made the decision that you might want to think about potentially move on from Justin Fields, if that even is something that you're continuing to entertain after you passed on all the quarterbacks in the 2023 draft class, then you have to absolutely make that decision now. You can't jeopardize him getting hurt and not getting the return on the investment. Well, now let's fast forward a couple of weeks. Justin Fields has a problem with his thumb on his throwing hand. The general manager and the head coach have put it out there that there is no timetable for his return. The Carolina Panthers have the worst record in the NFL. And the Chicago Bears have the first and second picks as of now in the NFL draft. I thought I told you that we won't stop. <laughs> you want to do the I told you so? You want to take no, the victory? Not, I, I, not I on the want, injury. I don't, but I, but I don't want to do the okay, I told you so because ahead. the injury is a part of it. I, I, I don't want to do it. I guess my whole point when I said what I said about Fields coming off of the Commanders' win was that you've got what twelve game, twelve more games left in the regular season. What are you going to see that is going to change your mind about? Justin Fields and the potential opportunity cost of passing on any of those quarterbacks in the 24 draft class that features Caleb Williams, Michael Penix Jr., and Drake May. What is Justin Fields going to show you that you haven't seen in the first two and a half years that would make you think, yeah, this guy, his play is justifying us passing on the quarterbacks in 23 and the quarterbacks in 24? The likelihood was it wasn't going to happen at all. So why would you risk potentially devaluing an asset knowing that you're more likely than not going to have to move on from Justin Fields. There is no world where Justin Fields is going to remain your starter if you invest a premium pick at the top of next year's draft in a quarterback. Justin Fields still views himself as a franchise guy. So if you draft a quarterback with the first, second, or third overall pick, then Justin Fields is going to want out of there anyway because that guy that you draft is going to be the future of the quarterback position for the Chicago Bears, not Fields. So if you knew that you were going to have to move on from him or, or there was a chance that you were going to have to move on from him just because of where you were picking in the 24 draft, th- then go ahead and move off of him. It, it didn't make any sense. Now, I get it, Smalls. You have to find somebody that's willing to do the dance with you. What, what team is willing to give up you know, a premium draft pick or multiple draft picks for a quarterback in the middle of the season? You would have to run down the list, but the Bears – could have been proactive about this thing with Justin Fields coming off of back-to-back performances where he was playing really the best we had seen in the NFL. And the fact that they didn't is a huge miss by that organization. So uh, 617 yards, eight touchdowns against the Commanders and the Broncos. My goodness. So the arrow was pointing up. But to simplify it, you ask why, 
because it's the Chicago Bears. They don't make proactive decisions like this. I would be floored if they do not take a quarterback in the draft, yet they're hanging on to this situation with Justin Fields and not wanting to, as you said, protect the asset and be proactive about what they're going to do with their future. Excuse me. I don't know why, because the fan base knows what's going on. The fan base knows that they're not going to pay Justin Fields. They know that he's not the future. But I don't know that the fan base does, Smalls. Because, yeah, because I caught all the heat for saying what I said about Justin Fields. Oh, he's finally turning around and you want to get rid of him. Yeah, everybody was saying it. People were calling into the show. People on social media, they were saying, (laughs) you're out of your mind. Why would you get rid of Justin Fields? He's finally turning the corner. And I'm saying to myself, it's still an if whether or not this guy's a franchise quarterback. And if I don't have it answered in the affirmative in year three, then it's probably going to be a no for me, dog. Like, <laughs> I, I have to say my channel, my inner Randy Jackson. Well, but it's also go, there's context be, behind it. You it's going to be a no for me. You never said he wasn't good. You never said he couldn't be a quarterback somewhere else. What you said was situationally, they are in a spot, they in the Bears, where they're going to have the first and second pick in the draft, and you cannot pass on those guys. So if you can't pass on those guys, what are you going to do with the other guy yeah, who exactly. got you in that spot, and, by and, the way? And that's the exact point. But again, it's still an if whether or not Justin Fields is going to be a good quarterback. But I'm not, say- not for the Bears. I'm, he's I'm not, done. I'm not, saying he's, I'm not saying he's not going to be a good quarterback. What I'm saying is we're still asking the question, if, and if you keep having to ask the question, eventually you're going to land on the answer being no especially if you have a top five pick or multiple top five picks in the 24 draft, which is a quarterback-rich draft class. It didn't make sense two weeks ago. It doesn't make sense now that the Bears were so staunch in their position to hold on to Justin Fields for the remainder of the season just because I didn't think they were going to see anything of consequence that would move them off of the opportunity to draft Kayla Williams, Drake May, or Michael Penix Jr. I will continue to reiterate something I learned a long time ago. The worst thing you want in, in a decision-making process is a maybe. Justin Fields was a maybe. Maybe he's going to be good. Maybe he's going to be bad. They didn't know. And it's too deep into this with the opportunity that they now have because they're going to have the Carolina pick and their pick. They're going to have the top two picks in the draft on a QB-rich draft. Plus, I, it's harsh to say there is a chance Justin Fields has played his last game for the Bears. I mean, he has a thumb injury where he may not be able to grip a football for a while, and I don't know what no timetable actually means. That, that, that doesn't mean anything good. That doesn't mean that he's <laughs> going to be back soon. Right. So at, at some point, they may look at this and just say it's over because you're going to have the top two picks in the draft. You cannot pass on the quarterbacks coming out this year. Well, they just passed on a really good quarterback in C.J. Stroud. Remember, this team had the number one overall pick. Mm. And Ryan Poles said, you know what? I'm going to pass on this crop of quarterbacks and give Justin Fields an opportunity and we'll offload the number one pick. We'll get a number one receiver in D.J. Moore. We'll draft an offensive tackle in the first round and maybe things will be better for Fields. Turns out, not so much. I think at the time you said that, when you said after the win, sell, we did a whole thing, sell high or he's the guy, yeah. that's how we phrased it. I think at that point, maybe possibly you could have gotten a second or third rounder for him. Maybe. Yeah. I think now you're looking at fourth through seventh by the end of the year. Well, here, here's the other thing. Right? I mean, here, that's probably here, where well, it is. I, I don't know. I, I don't know, but I don't think you're going to get a premium pick for no. Justin Fields now. And that's the point, right? We saw the Jets when they offloaded Sam Donald. It ended up being something like a, a, a second-round pick and a third-round pick, something like that, some kind of compensation toward that end. I guess with, Sam, with, with Justin Fields, you passed on C.J. Stroud this past year, and C.J. Stroud looks like an outstanding young quarterback. Mm-hmm. The Texans – are 500 through the first six games. And he looks amazing. Nobody had that on the bingo card. They, 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 think about it. The guy just threw his first interception in week six. He set the, the rookie record for quarterbacks in terms of number of pass attempts to start a career with no interceptions. 
He's going to be a really good quarterback. And you passed on him for the maybe of Justin Fields. How can you justify passing on C.J. Stroud and then turn around and justify passing on Caleb Williams? You can't. Passing on Drake May. can't. Passing on Michael Penix Jr.? That's what makes They're it look so to. asinine when people are saying, oh, you can't trade Justin Fields. Why not? What, what has he shown you of, of consequence that would say it, it justifies that kind of commitment, that kind of loyalty from the franchise? You just haven't seen anything. We keep holding on to the potential of what Justin Fields is because of the arm talent and the mobility. That doesn't mean that he's going to be a good NFL quarterback. Coming up, is there a new number one in the Canty Power Rankings? We'll get to that next on Sportsmanlike on ESPN Radio. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do, big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who have experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash unsportsmanlike today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash unsportsmanlike. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. You hear the music. Canty is out in the streets dancing. <laughs> Canty could like literally go to a club and like go up to the DJ. Be like, oh, hey, Funk Flex, how you doing? Khaled, how are you? Hey, do you guys have the NFL films music? See, you know what you did just there? You took something that was really cool, a special and moment for me, and you made it not cool. You haven't done it. You're you, welcome. You took it, you took it too far. You t- it, it was a fun. It's fun to make fun of me when I'm getting excited with the NFL music. It's a nice little bit for the show. Yeah. But then you took it too far. Nobody is going to the DJ booth in the club to request this song. It's not happening. That's a funny bit, though. Yeah, it is a funny bit. All of a it sudden, we see Canty in a club and we have a camera on him. Hey, do you have the uh, John Facenda, Steve Sable uh, NFL film? So, so a couple of things there. First of all, I would never go to the DJ booth no, and request this song. You can't do that. And Wait, now, a song? And, no song? No, not this song. Oh, okay. And, and then the other part is right now, where, where I'm at in life, I'm not going to be at a club. <laughs> so, You're not uh, going to uh, Two things that you said, probably not going to happen, dog. Did well, you, if country is in front of that probably club, Probably not going to Probably not going to happen. Did country you see club, the video maybe. of Michael Jordan when he was out, I think, in San Tropez, and they played the this, coolest thing this serious, the intro music to the Chicago Bulls? Yes, I saw that. And they that. brought him bottle oh, service? That, that's, that's pretty cool. That's what I picture you, just like at that's a day club cool. in San Tropez. You're like having a nice rosé on, on the beach, and then they play the NFL films music as they bring you bottle service. <laughs> we made it cool so, again. Fun fact, my <laughs> wife and I at our wedding reception walked out to the Chicago Bulls music. Did yeah, you? Yeah, no doubt. Oh, no. that's at the yeah. tone for the night. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I love that. You want to be a part of that club where greatness resides. Oh, oh my yeah. God. That's a jaw drop. That is one of the coolest things you've ever said. Yeah, I know you won a Super Bowl. That is cooler. Yeah. That is cooler than winning a Super Bowl. 
Yeah. Now that's controllable, so I could have done the same thing. Yes, you could have. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's awesome. Spe- All right. Speaking of cool clubs to be a part of. Yes. The uh, the power rank is a cool club to be a part of here on Sportsmanlike, presented by Progressive Insurance. Progressive makes bundling easy and affordable. Get a multi policy discount by combining your motorcycle, RV, boat, ATV, and more. All your protection in one place. Bundle and save at Progressive.com. CC. The only thing we're missing now is the strobe lights, right? Yes. For the power Can rank, it's like, uh, like we're missing there? that. We're missing, we're, Can we do we're, that, we're Mike? missing the strobe lights. And now. But anyway, we got to get the power records kicked off. Do we got any production for that? Javante? Number five. There we go. <laughs> Checking in at number five, the Miami Dolphins. All right. Now, they hung 42 points on the Carolina Panthers. No surprise there. They were down by two touchdowns in this game inexplicably. They just rolled their helmets out there and thought they were going to get a win. They didn't wake up until the second quarter, but when they did, the track meet started. And what I mean by that is. Tyreek Hill having six catches for 163 yards, a touchdown, and a pretty cool backflip with a camera phone doing a selfie at the same time. And then Raheem Mostert, no Devin A. Chan, no problem, 115 yards on the ground, two touchdowns. Tua, another three-touchdown game passing the football. Uh, this team is had its fourth game where they've scored more than 30 points. This, this is the toughest offense to stop in the National Football League. It may be the most dominant unit in the National Football League. I think they're now making adjustments to the adjustments that defenses have shown through the first quarter poll, and you're still seeing the speed be featured in Mike McDaniel's offense. I think he's one of the most innovative minds in all of football. Number four. Number four. The Detroit Lions. Whoa. The Detroit Lions. The 3 one Detroit. Oh, that, that Javante has a lot of production yeah, yeah, exactly, on it. It's exactly, his hometown exactly, team. Exactly, All of a sudden, exactly. he's ready to go. The Detroit Lions. Listen, guys. Say what you want. It was an impressive win on the road against a team that was a division leader, a team that had a winning record. And this is their second at such win on the season. Remember, they beat the Kansas City Chiefs in Arrowhead to open the season. So it's something to be said for a team that has the ability to be able to go on the road and get a win. Now, in week seven, they got a road game against the Baltimore Ravens, so we'll learn more. But this is a top ten defense in yards and points. It's a top five offense in yards and points. And Jared Goff is entering the MVP chat. So pretty good start for the Detroit Lions. Now it's it's a foregone conclusion that they're going to win the NFC North. It's just a matter of this team continuing to get better to see what the exact ceiling on this squad can be in 2023. I love it. I absolutely love it. I love that the Detroit Lions are in the in the mix here and I think they deserve to be in the mix here. Absolutely. All right, check it in at number 3. Number three. The Philadelphia Eagles. I got to knock them down a peg. They were at number two last week. You lose to the New York Jets in that style of game. I I mean, I got to take it it down a notch. The Eagles have been uneven all season. They haven't quite looked like the Eagles. I know Brian Johnson is Pat Costello's most hated figure in all of sports, (laughs) the offensive coordinator, because it just seems like something is amiss with their team. I mean, Jalen Hurts, how how many games are you going to see from him where he's going to have multiple turnovers? It just doesn't happen, and yet that was the case on Sunday in, in MetLife Stadium. I think they'll find their footing but they don't have a lot of time to do that because they got the Miami Dolphins rolling in town on a Sunday night football game in Week 7. So the Eagles better figure it out. I think they will. Hopefully they'll have their best player back in Jalen Carter, the defensive tackle. We know that that'll give that defense a little bit of boost, being able to up that pass rush and pressure opposing quarterbacks into more mistakes. Number two. The San Francisco 49ers. Now, this is the team that everybody was saying was best in all of football going into week six, and they ran into a buzzsaw that is the Cleveland Browns defense. 
Now, I said the defense in particular because I don't think the Cleveland Browns offense was very good. <laughs> and Phil Walker was atrocious. But the defense didn't seem to, to care about that. Now, in defense for the 49ers, they did have a chance to win at the end. But as I tell you guys all the times, kickers aren't football players. They're barely even pick people. Missing a 41-yard <laughs> kick, missing a 41-yard kick with the game in the balance is just unacceptable for an NFL caliber kicker, and that's what Jake Moody did. So again, the 49ers lost a game coming off of a big win at home against the Dallas Cowboys. It was a natural letdown spot because it's a West Coast team traveling to play an East Coast team, one o'clock kickoff, and you're talking about the team that you're playing coming off of a bye week. So it had all the trappings, all the makings of a spot where the 49ers could be in, in some trouble, and they fell victim to it in that circumstance. Number one. The Kansas City Chiefs, it's Andy Reid, it's Pat Mahomes. What's understood ain't got to be said. Uh, I mean, listen, they just keep winning. They just keep winning. It was ugly on Thursday night football, but a short week against the division opponent, it's always going to be ugly. It's never going to be clean. And there's still a work in progress when it comes to getting on the same page, Pat Mahomes, with those receivers. But he's still got Travis Kelsey. And the thing that makes this Chiefs team more dangerous than Chiefs teams in the past is this defense. This is a legit defense. They are top 10 in yards and points this season. And I think we've got a pretty good sample size of six games to say that this is not an outlier. This is who they are. All of those draft picks that they've invested on that side of the ball, George Karloftis and Nick Bolton and Trent McDuffie, you're now starting to see them reap the benefits of that. Plus, you still got Chris Jones. You know, you still got guys that that are veteran players that can get after it. So I I think this is going to be a Chiefs team that is unique because they don't have to outscore you every single time. They can rely on their defense. It doesn't have to be a track meet where the scoring is in the 30s. They can win ugly when they're scoring in the teens and beating people. So that's the power ranking. Smalls, you're my accountability partner. I am. Any, any objections? Any, any questions? What we got? Um, I think this is the perfect list, Cece. I do have two questions. First of all, who is number six? Who is the team that's on the outside looking in? Is it the Bills, the Ravens, the Cowboys, the Jags? Who is right there on the cusp? Yes. All of them. Yes. That all, group. Them. all that group. I, I don't know who I don't know who those teams are in two, tier two. Okay. I, like week to week, Buffalo Bills, you don't know what you're gonna get. Correct. Week to week, Baltimore Ravens, you don't know what you're gonna get. Week to week, Dallas Cowboys, you don't know what the hell you're gonna get. The Jaguars, I, I think they're kind of coming around. So if I would have to circle one team, it would probably be Jacksonville in that okay. sixth spot. But I ain't saying it with my chest. So that's that was my first note is that these are the top five teams and then there's a bunch of question marks right below them. And then I drew a line between the Eagles and the Lions because how far apart do you think those two teams are? Not not as far as what people would think. Exactly, because every other time you had done these power rankings, it was a very clear-cut 1-2 or 1-2-3. And now that we've had a couple losses and things are starting to regulate a bit, there's not a lot of distance between a lot of these teams. No, and one of the things that made the Philadelphia Eagles great, what allowed them to go on that Super Bowl run last year, was how good their offensive line played. Mm -hmm. I don't know that their offensive line is that much better than Detroit's. Especially after what we saw against the 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 Quentin Quentin Williams led New York Jets defensive front, I mean they were getting after Bryce Huff, all those guys. I, now I get it, Lane Johnson was injured, and we'll see whether or not Lane Johnson can play this week against the Miami Dolphins. But yeah, I, I think the Detroit Lions have a good foundation for their football team. Like I said, I, I don't know what the ceiling on this team is. But I trust what the floor is on this team. I I think they are definitively the third best team in the NFC. The one takeaway I have, 
It's all year we've talked about how good of a win that win for the Lions was over the Chiefs. I think we now have to also acknowledge if the Chiefs are going to have a loss, that's a good loss. I think we we haven't acknowledged it the other way. That mm. if you think about some of the like the Browns, the Browns are great defensively. The Niners losing to the Browns, not a great loss. The Eagles losing to the Jets, not a great loss. The fact that Kansas City lost to Detroit, they lost to another team in the top five. I think we have to start flipping our view of that. Yes, obviously, anytime you beat Kansas City, great win. If there's a such thing as an okay loss, that's an okay loss. Smalls, okay, quickly here. We take one thing every single week. We flip it in terms of what rhymes with power. We've done sour, right? We've done uh, flower. We've done shower. Today, the cower rankings, as in Bill. Can one and two both be the same thing? Can it just be the mustache? The mustache goes one and two. The it, chin doesn't get there. His coaching doesn't get there. His playing. It's, it's just the mustache. I mean, the coaching is obviously <laughs> separate. But the the mustache is just so rare and so beautiful that I think it deserves spot really one and beautiful. two. You don't think it's a beautiful mustache? Ooh. Remember, Canty's been anti-mustache. I'm anti-mustache, Smalls. Is this because of Joe Fortenbaugh? Yes. Uh, it's, it, yes, but... Don't it, let him it, tinge it's your not, it's, not, it's not just Joe Fortenbaugh. It's Arthur Smith, the Falcons head coach. <laughs> He's got a ridiculous mustache. I don't know. That whole staff now. Uh, a bunch yeah, of those yeah, guys yeah, have yeah, mustaches yeah, yeah. now. Tom Selleck selling reverse mortgages. That ridiculous mustache. Like, I don't, I don't you know. You think that's a ridiculous mustache? I, I think it's ridiculous. Tom Selleck is a man. The mustache I, of all mustaches. I, just, I think it's ridiculous. That's at the top of the mustache power I can't buy into it. I'm anti-stash. Oh, what? I'm anti-stash. Coming up. If you can grow a mustache, you can grow a beard. (laughs) Wear the beard. Beard I was going to say, you do have a mustache, but it's part of the beard. Beard over mustache. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Coming up, the most valuable non-quarterback in the NFL is? We'll fill in the blank next on Sportsmanlike ESPN Radio. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. Learned some things today. Chris Canty came out to the Chicago Bulls music at his wedding, which is the coolest entrance music I think I've ever heard in my life. (laughs) Very cool. Is there anybody else who had a better entrance song at their wedding? I can't imagine so. 888-SAY-ESPN. Dr. Pepper, call in line. We had... um, Nicki Minaj and Drake moment for life, right? When we, like, kiss the bride walk, uh-huh. and then the moment for life with Drake and Nicki, but yours is better. Um, <laughs> just saying. Just, that's really cool. That's, that's pretty awesome that, that you had that. That is just this great. This is the moment I'm talking about. And we also learned that Canty is anti-mustache no matter what. We thought it was just with 
people under like 40, let's say, yeah. that are doing – I've always said people under 40 are doing the mustache for a bit. Yeah. You're just anti-mustache all across the board or are there exceptions to the rule? There is an exception. One exception to just the rule. One. Just one. Just one. We're literally looking at Michael just, Jordan. Just, Michael Jordan just, is just that one? one I no, it's no. not Michael Jordan. Oh. Is one exception to the rule. It's Sam Elliott. The actor Sam Elliott of Yellowstone fame. He was also in the movie A Star is Born, the remake yeah. with uh, Bradley Cooper and Lady Gaga. Sam Elliott – has to have a mustache. I couldn't imagine him not having facial hair. I couldn't imagine him with the full beard smalls. Okay. It's just the mustache fits him. I, I couldn't imagine him not having it. it it's, it's, a, it's a well-groomed mustache now. It's one of the best mustaches out there as far as mustaches go. But, again, look at that. <laughs> it, it, him, him without a mustache, like, could you imagine? Like, like even in the movie Yellow, I mean, uh, Tombstone. Like, it's yeah. just Sam Elliott with the mustache. You have to have it. it it's appropriate. So he would be the one exception he actually makes a mustache look kind of cool, but everybody else that's doing a mustache, do something else, be better. So are you saying this to Travis Kelsey? You don't like his mustache? No. Wow. It's, no, it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. I agree with that. Travis it's, Kelsey's mustache is not it's great. It's ridiculous. No. Not great. Just go with the beard. It doesn't have, when I say beard, it doesn't have to be as big as mine. You can have like the, 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 the low-cut beard. It mm. doesn't have to be a beard that you can actually comb. It could be a beard that you brush. I think that's probably more of Travis Kelsey's lane. But my point is this. Just going with the mustache, like Ev says, especially if you're a younger it's man. It's a bit. It's a, just a bit. It's, it's ridiculous. I don't know. I see a lot of guys walking around New York City with a mustache these days. Bit. Bit. They and, just, and, they just and, want people and, to think and that, that, cool. that makes it the thing to do. No, I'm just saying. I, uh, I'm, I'm asking, I was it's about to say, I'm, I'm asking you, Smalls, you tell me. Just because a lot a of guys in New York City are doing that makes it the thing to do? I think it's a trend. You think it's a trend? I think it's a trend. I, it might not, it's not a good one. It's not a good it's one. It, it's one of those trends that we need to let pass us by. <laughs> it's okay. Let it go. Go by the Arthur Smith one. The Arthur Smith one is ridiculous. With me from yesterday, yeah. You can look at that on TV side. What about the goatee? In or out on a goatee? Out. Yeah, oh, wow. Yeah, I think the Ow. go I think the goatee is cyclical. I would I would I would suggest going with a goatee over going with a mustache. Your draft photo, I feel like, was a goatee, right? Or am I wrong on that? You were bald with a goatee, I feel like. When you came out when, when I, I didn't have so so that's interesting. It was a beard, but I had the chin strap beard. Don't oh. judge me. Oh. Don't oh, I did, judge I did me. That. I did that. It was for a, a thing, it was a thing in the two thousands. Don't judge me. I, I listen. I was listen, twenty. Only God small, can judge small, you. But I'm right behind. Smalls. Him. I was. I was twenty two years old. I was twenty two years old. Give me a break. The early 2000s, 2003, 2004, The chin strap beard was a thing. I I'm, did it. I'm, I'm, again. I'm glad that moment is past us. I'm glad I'm not doing that anymore. Okay. Yeah, I, exactly. Here's why I did it though. I did it while you I was did in, the chin strap beard. It was not good. Why? I did it when I was in college. Why? Hold on. I'm gonna tell you why. Brian Austin Green, a.k.a. David Silver from 90210, did it, so I had to do it as a result. It was horrible. I think it lasted maybe a day or two, and I was like, this is the worst look I've ever had, and look at me now. Think about how bad that must have been then <laughs> if this is my look now, and I'm saying that was worse. Um, 90210 had a lot of influence on your life. It really it? did. <laughs> I can't get over it. Every, every, <laughs> the, oh, there's, there's Chris uh, Yeah, you had, you had Actually, a little... Actually, you, you do look I don't, cool. It, you look great in this, I think. You look like yeah. you, are, you just stepped off of the such, stage with 112. I'm so confused <laughs> as to see not liking that photo, I think he looks so cool. I didn't cool. say I didn't like the you photo. Like I just did. I just know what the like the the chin strap beard was a ridiculous phase. Like I just I just remember that time and space, and I don't know how anybody could have thought you're too inside doing, doing this to the beard. <laughs> 
actually makes sense. You're too inside. We didn't know you then. I see that picture. You look muddy. I'm Thank sorry. You. I appreciate it. Okay, so now a uh, question popped up on First Take yesterday. So shout out to Stephen A. and Molly and the entire team on First Take uh, that CC goes on every so mm-hmm. often. You can see 10 a.m. Eastern on ESPN about the idea of the most valuable, the best non-quarterback in the NFL. How would you guys answer that question? Oh, for me, it's simple. It's Tyreek Hill. Now, I know a lot of people would point to the pass rushers because it's the quarterback and the guy that knocks down the quarterback in terms of the pecking order with salaries. But Tyreek Hill is the most explosive player in the National Football League, Smalls. I mean, he's the fastest player with the ball in his hands. You're talking about a guy that's on pace right now uh, for 119 catches, 2,306 yards, and 17 touchdowns. Now, the single-season receiving yards record by Calvin Johnson is 1,946. So this guy is on place to obliterate obliterate that by more than 300 yards. Mm-hmm. I think the the way that he changes the game, the way that he changes things for his offense, the fact that he dictates front and coverage because teams are so afraid of getting beat deep, it creates opportunities for everybody else. That's why this Dolphins offense is on a historic pace. That, that's why they were able to score 70 points in one game. It's because of their team speed, and it's led by Tyreek Hill. People are terrified of getting beat deep, and it opens up so many more opportunities. That's why Tua is leading the league in passing touchdowns, and he's third in QBR. It's because of Tyreek Hill. I, I, I got to say this, Smalls, I don't think it's a coincidence that once Tyreek got traded to Miami, this team started to be a consistent playoff contender. Could not agree more. If this is a hypothetical draft and quarterbacks are off the board, the first person I'm taking is Tyreek Hill. Can you imagine being a defensive coordinator and you know that you have to game plan against this guy? You're staying up all night. You're buying extra Tums. He is absolutely <laughs> dynamic. Love he's Tums. explosive. You love Tums. Well, it helps. I mean, yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. Well, he's. Uh, you mentioned what he's projected to do, CC this season, over 2,300 yards. He's already racked up 814 receiving yards on top of his six touchdowns. It's the second most receiving yards by a player through six games and NFL history. Everywhere he goes, he makes an immediate impact. He is an absolute game wrecker. I'm going Tyreek. I think you both are wrong. I think you have to think about the person that actually helped create Tyreek Hill. The most valuable non-quarterback in the NFL is Andy Reid. He's the most valuable non-quarterback in the NFL. I would take Andy Reid over any other player. Right now, I would take Andy Reid over any other non-quarterback. And I know that may be a little bit of a cop-out It answer. is a cop-out. We're totally. talking about players. Totally. No, no. The question was, who was the most valuable non-quarterback in the NFL? Okay. I was, I mean, just saying, I'm answering the question. Okay. I saw you nodding your head over there. I, I saw you wondering, if you had a draft, would you take Andy Reid or Tyreek Hill? Would you take the great coach or the great non-quarterback? I'm going to think players first. Then I'll think about the plays. We're unsportsmanlike. We'll continue that conversation on ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. You can listen to Unsportsmanlike live weekdays from 6 to 10 a.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and on Sirius XM Channel 80. You can also watch on ESPN2 and on ESPNU. Unsportsmanlike with Evan Canty and Michelle. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.